It's good to see everybody out here this morning. We're a little slim in number, but uh, we gained a few more after class, uh, so it's good to see everybody. Um, I thought this topic was a little fitting since it's the month of November and Thanksgiving is coming up. Um, I want to talk about giving thanks this morning. Um, and as we, as uh, Josh was praying and uh, as you're making your thoughts about giving, I, I had a few points I wanted to add to my lesson. <laughs> so I'll be uh, bringing those up. They may not be clear, but I think they'll be, uh, they'll contribute to the lesson overall. But <clears throat> I want to start off with this question. Um, you know, as Thanksgiving comes up, hopefully, uh, I think as a kid, you know, you, you're typically thinking about the good food and, you know, the fellowship with family and friends. Uh, but as you get older, hopefully we take it a little bit more seriously and uh, take to heart the things that we have to be thankful for. But one thing I wanted to ask was how many in this room, in, in a, by a show of hands, um, have ever gone a day without a meal involuntarily? Has anybody in this room? Okay. So we have one out of, okay, two out of what? I don't know how many are here this morning. Uh, maybe 12, 11, okay. So two out of 11. If I asked that same question in Africa, I think everybody in the congregation would probably raise their hand. And I know, you know, all of you probably know other people, maybe even in the United, in the United States, but outside the country of the United States who involuntarily growing up or even now have to miss a meal for the sake of their family or they don't have enough food or they're again they're giving that food to someone else whatever it may be um, here's another question how many of you how, how many of us in growing up had to wor ever worry about civil unrest like civil war breaking out never had, I never once even thought about that I hardly even knew about the civil war in studying it in history class, much less having to worry about it at, you know, at my front door. And yet there are brethren that we have now today who are facing this civil war rising up in their country, threats of civil war rising up in their country. So just in those two small examples, which are big examples, I guess, but just two examples, we see that as Americans, typically, we are very, very privileged individuals not having to go a single day without worrying about a meal like myself um, and even taking that to a further extent having to choose having so much food to choose from that every single day I had to make a choice about what I wanted to eat for breakfast lunch and dinner every day I had a choice and that kind of puts it into perspective when you're talking about people who don't even have enough food to eat more than one or two meals a day, if even that. So I wanted to bring that out. As we go into Thanksgiving, don't, and I'm talking to myself here too, don't go into that meal <laughs> thinking, oh man, I'm just gonna, you know, tear up that potato salad or whatever, you know, and not even thinking about the brethren who may not even have a meal that day. Um, 
I just kind of wanted to bring that out as an example and kind of get us in that mindset of we have a whole lot to be thankful for. But what I'm going to talk about here this morning uh, on another level is that even if you don't have those things, you still have a whole lot to be thankful for if you're in Christ. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Think about what that's saying for a second. In everything give thanks. In everything. Whether you have a meal that day or not, give thanks. Whether civil war is civil war is you know, uprising in your country, give thanks. Whether your brother or sister in Christ just got thrown in prison for their faith, give thanks. In everything, every situation. That's kind of hard to wrap my mind around. But Paul says that this is the will of God, that we give thanks. Now, if it weren't for Jesus, it would be hard for us to give thanks in everything, I think. If it just said, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God, I think that might be more of a challenge because it'd be hard for us to find reasons to be thankful that our brother or sister got thrown in prison for the sake of Christ. But that's kind of the key to this whole verse to me, is that it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for us to be thankful. Without Christ... Takes a lot of, takes away a lot of the reason to be thankful in everything. But with Christ, we find reason to be thankful in everything. Paul kind of talks about this in 2 Corinthians 12 when uh, he's talking about his uh, persecution or his thorn in the flesh. In 2 Corinthians 12, beginning verse 7, he says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ... Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul really points out what Paul or what he's saying there in First Thessalonians five, and that for Christ's sake I'm thankful for these persecutions. For Christ's sake I'm thankful for these hardships and insults and weaknesses. And that even when we are in hardship, we can be thankful in everything. I think 2 Corinthians really brings that out. Giving thanks is really our sacrifice to God. In Leviticus 22, verse 29, when God is telling about the sacrifices that are you know, um, acceptable to him, talking about the lambs and whatnot that have, have to be completely perfect, Within that context, he says in Leviticus twenty two twenty nine, when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. So even in the Old Testament, 
God wanted that sacrifices of thanksgiving, but he wanted those sacrifices to be from the heart, from their own free will. In Psalm 50, if you want to turn there, Psalm 50, uh, verses 7 through 15, and we'll read verse 23. So a little bit more of a reading there. Beginning in verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? So, stop there for a second. Basically what God is saying is, I don't need your sacrifices. Do I ask the blood of bulls and goats because I need that as a drink or that, that I need to eat that flesh? I love what he says here. I know all the birds of the hills. I know every single one of them. All the beasts of the forest are mine. Do you, do you really think that just a sacrifice is going to please me in and of itself? Verse 14, he says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Verse 23 says, wraps up the psalm, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. I think what this psalm does for me is kind of brings out what's, what thanksgiving means to God. And I don't mean that as in the holiday. But I mean as a day-to-day -day practice. What does that sacrifice mean to him? Um, I love what he says in verse 23. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So that's the question. Do we want to glorify God in our sacrifice? This isn't the only thing that we can do. But this is a huge part of glorifying God in our sacrifices is giving thanks. And again... I pointed this out, and he, he pointed that out in Leviticus twenty two twenty nine when he talks about offering this sacrifice from your own free will. So it, it's something that has to be done from the heart, right? It's not something that we just do as you know a, a habitual sacrifice or practice ritual. I guess is the word I'm looking for, but it's something that has to be done from the heart. Hebrews thirteen fifteen speaks to this. When he says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Continually offering that thanksgiving to God. And that's what First Thessalonians 5.18 is saying. Give thanks in everything. Giving thanks is just as much a part of our sacrifice as doing good works. And that's what the Hebrew writer says in the very next verse. He says, don't forget to do good works and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So right before that, you know, 
he makes this statement about giving the thank, continually giving the sacrifice of thanksgiving along with your sacrifice of sharing and giving, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 really gives meaning to what we just did in our singing. Um, even though none of our songs specifically said, thank you, God, a lot of what our songs are are songs of thanksgiving, right? In Ephesians 5, uh, verse 18, when he's giving instructions about singing, he says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we're talking to each other in these songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So again, kind of gives a deeper meaning or uh, uh, maybe fleshes out more of what our singing ought to be, the heart that's behind our singing, right? A heart of thanksgiving, a heart that's overflowing with an awareness of the blessings that God has given to us. So basically what I wanted to point out from those passages is that you know, giving thanks is a very, very important sacrifice. No, we don't offer bulls and goats and sin offerings and peace offerings, but we still offer thanks offerings today. And God still wants those thanksgiving offerings from the heart. And he says that in Hebrews 13, 15, which we read a minute ago. Colossians three seventeen says, uh, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. And this gets back to what we said from 1 Thessalonians five eighteen, Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians five eighteen through 20 essentially says the same thing. We're giving thanks through Christ with, a, with, again, awareness of Christ, remembering Christ as we sing these things, as we pray these thanksgivings to God, we remember Christ. And it's through him that we give, we give this thanks. So kind of switching gears here, what happens to unthankful hearts? You know, how do we get to that point? I think kind of going back to the privileged individual like myself growing up in the United States, always having a meal, never having to worry about uh, too much about like government issues or anything like that. I think because from a young age, I never experienced anything different. It's really easy for me not to be thankful right because it, it's hard for me to have anything to compare it to um but as christians it, it's different right because without christ we remember what life was like we remember what what it was like to not have forgiveness of our sins but now that we have christ we know you know we know what that's like but there does come a point i think in our walk with christ where it that memory starts to fade. 
we start to get comfortable and, and so used to the blessings of Christ that we kind of forget where we came from, what it was like to not have forgiveness, and what it was like the day that we did become Christians, the first time that we had been forgiven, and you know how excited we were and joyful we were to do everything that Christ asked us. We get to that point of comfort, kind of like I do as an American, and, and don't have that anything to compare it to. I, it's hard for me to be thankful sometimes. So how do, how do we get to that point? I think Romans 1 talks about this in, in verses 18 through 21. This is a passage, I feel like we've read this a lot recently, and I may be wrong about that, but just in Bible studies and sermons, I feel like this passage has been brought up quite a bit. But Romans 1, 18 through 21 very plainly explains this whole process. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what happens to an unthankful heart? Paul says in Romans 1, darkened, right? You can't see. And once you get to that point where you have nothing to contrast it to. You're, you're not looking back at what you were, right, without Christ. And you're not comparing it to what you are now or what you're able to have and obtain through Christ. Once you get to that point, I mean, you, you can't really see Christ anymore, right? You don't see the value of Christ because your heart's darkened due to your unthankfulness. And I think that's what he's saying here in Romans 1. When we don't acknowledge God through thanksgiving, our hearts essentially become cold toward him and they become darkened and that's the whole issue with Romans Romans 1 we look at this chapter and I think we think you know this is the worst case scenario right the, the lowest of the low people scraping the bottom of the barrel and yet we find ourselves in this position if we're not careful simply by not being thankful because I mean and there's more to it than that but I think that's a big part of it, and, and Paul explicitly says this. Because when we are unthankful, typically that means that we're proud. We're not humble. Again, it, it takes a certain amount of humility to say, I am so thankful that I'm not who I used to be because of Christ. As soon as we forget who we used to be, our hearts, I think, again, become cold, darkened, and we kind of lose touch with the real blessing of being in Christ. Um, another thing that happens to unthankful hearts, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul talks about, I think this is a, a passage that we all take comfort in. Uh, frequently, my uh, 
Bible will work here. When Paul says, you know, take all of your anxieties before him in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think that with your anxieties you give thanks? I think it kind of comes back to the song of count your many blessings. You know, when upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, then it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So it's definitely, there's a correlation, right, between having the peace that passes understanding, as he says in verse 7, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. There's a correlation between being thankful and having that peace and less anxiety. Now, I'm not necessarily speaking to people who have clinical anxiety problems. I, I don't relate to that uh, entirely, so I don't know all the ins and outs of that. But I still believe God's word is true and that when we give thanks and we take our anxieties to him, those things coupled to, together relieve anxiety. But again, if we're unthankful, if we leave out the thanksgiving part, we leave out remembering what God has done for us, I think anxieties increase. And I, I, I definitely find that to be true in my own life. When I'm anxious about something and I'm not thinking about the times that God has delivered me, like we read in Psalm 107, I'm not thinking about those things. It's a lot easier for me to stay anxious even once I've prayed about it. Once I've prayed about it and said, you know, God help me with this. And I'm not reminding myself and, and continuing in thanksgiving for what he's already done. It's really easy for my anxieties to stay just as bad if not get worse. So I think it makes a lot of sense why God is saying... Don't be anxious for anything, but pray about it and give thanks when you're doing that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, will guard your hearts and minds. But again, if we're not thankful, our hearts are darkened. And again, I think things like anxieties and troubles and worries just get worse. So how do we... Be more thankful people. I guess we've kind of talked about this in remembering where we've come from. And that's kind of my first point in that. Is that in, in order to be more thankful people, we have to remember who we were without, without Christ, without him. Psalm 30 uh, verses 1 through 4. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I know I have a lot of passages, but Psalm 30, uh, 1 through 4. It says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored my life. You, stored, you restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. What was the key there? And you see it again in Psalm 107, recounting everything that God had delivered them from, everything that God had done prior. Then comes the heart of thankfulness. If you're having trouble being thankful, just take a moment to think 
remember what it felt like, Mom even moments before you were baptized, of I'm in sin, I need forgiveness, you know, anything like that in what you think how awful it was or how scary it was to be without Christ. Think about those things. And I guarantee you very quickly it will cause you to be thankful or it'll help. And the psalmist kind of gives us that pattern of thought um, all throughout the psalms. But Psalm 30 is, is one example. Psalm 107, again, um, and I, I want to look at that here, and we're not going to read, read all the psalm, but um, in Psalm 107, it's all kind of this pattern of thought. He starts off and says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for steadfast love endures forever. And then he says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And then he just goes on to, to list all the things that God has done for the people of Israel. And he says in verse 6, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from the distress. In verse 8, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. And he goes on in verse 15 to say kind of the same mantra. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. <clears throat> and same thing in verse 19. They cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 21. Let them thank the Lord. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. <coughs> And tell of his deeds in songs of joy. So you can almost feel this heart of thankfulness swelling up as he continues to talk about the things that God has done for the people of Israel. And then in verse, the very last verse of the psalm, he says, Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord. I actually like the New King James Version uh, rendering of that. Um, whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I don't think I can repeat myself enough. Remember who you were without Christ. And it won't take long for you to be thankful in Christ. Another question uh, couple examples nehemiah in the book of nehemiah uh, seven times throughout the book all you have to do is just do a word search of thanksgiving um, and it might be even more with like just the word thanks or uh, something like that but seven times throughout the book uh, thanksgiving is mentioned talking about choirs a whole choir that was uh, a thanksgiving choir um talks about leaders of thanksgiving i just thought that was interesting i never noticed that theme in the book of nehemiah but it makes a whole lot of sense because where did the people just come from they had just come from captivity and now god is restoring the city restoring the walls restoring the temple and they have they are now setting up these whole groups of people dedicated to giving thanks to god i think that's that's really great it's a great example again of when we're closely in touch with our distresses, then I think we're a lot more closely in touch with the thanksgiving that we should render to him. Um, now, here's my, here's my kind of thought-provoking question in regard to this point because I've kind of 
belabored the point, but have we ever called to the Lord in our trouble, as Psalm 107 says? And he's responded favorably to us, and then we forgot to give him thanks. Has that ever happened? I feel, I feel like getting better at this, but I, I feel like I say a lot of prayers for like little, little anxieties or little worries, you know, that I have throughout the day. So I'll, I'll say like, you know, God help me with this, or this thing is coming up. Please let this work out. Three or four hours later, it, it turns out favorably for me. And then uh, maybe 15 minutes down the road after it's worked out, I'm like, oh, I forgot to give thanks for that. And sometimes I'll, it'll be like nighttime and I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot that that I forgot I was worried about that earlier today and it worked out well and I didn't give thanks. How many times has that happened to us? Again, you know, we need to be very aware of what God is doing for us, has done for us, right? before we were Christians, but even on a day-to-day basis, what he's doing for us in our anxieties and our worries and our troubles, like Psalm 107, they called out to him and he responded. We need to be aware of those things as they're happening on a day-to-day basis. Not just the big things, not just like, oh, I'm about to lose my job, but like the little stresses within our job. You know, uh, I feel like I have those all the time. Things are just coming up, and I'm worried about how it's going to turn out. And, you know, so again, just remembering to give thanks to God and and offer that sacrifice to Him when He responds favorably to us. I mean, like it said uh, in the psalm, the one who gives thanks glorifies Him, the one who offers a sacrifice of thanks glorifies Him. Um, and again, we can't forget where we come from. Colossians 1 talks about that. We came from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And we give thanks for that. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Another key to being thankful is knowing where we're going with Christ. Not just where we came from, but where we're heading. And again, all throughout Scripture, it talks about keeping our hope fixed on the return of Christ when he's when he comes back you know you see that all throughout the new testament psalm 136 is a is a psalm that basically starts the same way psalm 107 starts you know giving thanks to him for his steadfast love for his mercy endures forever and you know the psalm just keeps quoting that right keeps saying his mercy endures forever his mercy endures forever his mercy endures forever again once we have been I guess, uh, introduced to the blood of Christ, and we're now in fellowship with him, we have a wonderful blessing of continuing in those mercies, which should, of course, result in abundant thanksgiving. Um, and here's, here's the point that I kind of wanted to tack on here because I'm, I'm wrapping up is uh, in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 9 when Josh was talking about the giving 
and I think this is a, a great point because thankful people should be giving people. And uh, I think that's the whole point of Second Corinthians 9. Um, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, verse 6. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So again, you do this from the heart, right? Give, give and give thanks from the heart. And Paul kind of reminds them, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. It's just pouring out. God is just constantly pouring out, overflowing us with blessings, but not just so that we give thanks for them and say, oh, thank you, God. Thank you so much for giving me so much. I, I just feel so comfortable. You know, I have, I have a meal every day on my plate and you know, I never have to worry about a job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm never thinking about giving to other people. There's a, there's a problem there. And I think that's the whole point that Paul's getting at is he's, he's pouring these things out on us so that we can help other people. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything, and here's the key, you are enriched in everything for all liberality. You're given all these things so that you can give liberally, which causes thanksgiving through us to God for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints but here's the other key of giving right is it also abounds through many thanksgivings to God the more we give and the more people are thankful the more God is glorified the more he is praised the more sacrifices are offered to him right uh, as we read in the Psalms while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify, glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for, for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Again, as thankful people, we need to be giving people. Uh, we need to be people, whether that's in the the plate on Sunday morning or you know having someone over for a meal or helping someone who's in need whatever it may be we, we need to be giving cheerfully and willfully because God gives us these things for a reason and it's to give to other people that's pretty much the whole point <laughs> of it so I just wanted to attack that point on there because I think that's kind of a good wrap up to this thought of being thankful um, one more quick passage I want to read Psalm 100 it's just a short psalm make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know that the Lord he is God it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. 
Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You know, for Christians, we have every reason, every time we come here to be thankful. Every single time. Every single time we assemble together and every single morning, for that matter, every single day, we have reason to be thankful. But if we're not Christians, we have reason to fear when we come into the presence of God. So, I think Psalm 100 kind of speaks to that. When we are in good favor with the Lord, we have reason to come before His presence with thanksgiving and to His courts with praise. Another thing, just to kind of leave you with, uh, is unthankful hearts are really just dark hearts. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 1. So my question is, do you feel unthankful today? Do you feel unthankful? I think I think there are times I feel unthankful. I think there are times where I just don't have a hard time seeing my blessings because I'm so used to them. That's a problem. That's a problem. You know, we should never ever get to that point. I should never get to that point where it's hard for me to count my blessings. And then the other, my other question I want to leave us with is, do you have reason to be thankful in the Lord today? Do you have reason? I think every one of us would say yes. So meditate on that thought as you go throughout today, throughout the week, and really throughout this month. You know, Thanksgiving again is coming up, and meditate on those things on Thanksgiving. But as Christians, every single day we should be giving thanks and everything. Um, I saw a... I think it was uh, James Newman, one of our brothers at uh, Embry Hills. I think he posted this on Facebook about, I don't know if Embry Hills posted it and then he reposted it or whatever, but it said something about like uh, giving thanks every day this month, uh, like taking five minutes to give thanks. Um, But I kind of offer that as a challenge if you want to take that up. Uh, Try to spend five minutes every day just meditating on and praying for uh, things that you can be thankful for, um, whatever it may be in Christ. I think that's a great, great challenge. Thank you for your good attention. I know that's kind of just a hodgepodge of different thoughts about thankfulness, but I hope it was helpful. Um, If anybody has any need this morning to... uh, Maybe confess your sins if you have a desire to confess your sins um, uh, before the group or individually if you want to meet with someone and want to talk about that or anything else. Uh, I think any of us would, would feel open to that would be happy to help you. Um, and we offer that invitation, and you can do so um, as we stand and sing the song that is uh, Richard's going to lead us in.